I am going to jump right in, um, if you allow me. And I would like to respond to, um, to react to what uh, Martin said. And the key question about the missed opportunity of the 2000s, I think fundamentally puts the finger on the issue that has confronted South Africa. And this is what actually that question started um, the analysis that we have done, which forecasts that unless a fundamental direction in a strategy and a fundamental type of strategy happens in South Africa, the country will be experiencing state failure by 2030. And that's kind of pre-COVID. So uh, it could be that we have accelerated um, in that direction. So I went about 10 years ago, a one of the platinum majors came to us and asked us to look at why was South Africa starting to experience the turnaround of the 2008-2009 decline? And they wanted us to look at this from a data-centric standpoint, acknowledging that the typical economic forecast that we had seen out of Treasury and, 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 and orthodox economic analysis was, you know, those forecasts were failing. They were e either underestimating growth systematically or overestimating it. So we developed a new methodology, and it's out of that methodology that we were able to answer some questions and do this forecast. The key question was, how is it possible that at a time, 2005, 2007, where South Africa was experiencing its fastest growth in 20, 30 years, and the country was really on a very positive, why is it that we experience the loss of power of Mbeki and his pro-growth faction and its replacement by the Zuma faction, the labor union, the SACP, and the path they took us on. And it told us that there was something fundamentally dysfunctioning in the South African country. This is what we've experienced. Why is it a country like South Africa experienced such a dramatic political change which led to the last decade. And so we've done a lot of work and lots of analysis. And obviously, the, the conclusion was that the country suffers from, if you want, political economic dislocation. We know this, but I don't think we've understood the extent to which it undermines sustainable economic development strategy. On the one hand, we've had a minority economic center. And on the other hand, we've had a majority a political center, and these two don't meet. We have, therefore, a relatively competitive and relatively democratic and well-governed society, which is also characterized by state failure in terms of creating social capital, in terms of creating human opportunities, as well as levels of violence that are not far from the kind of level of violence you have in societies that are experiencing civil wars. This is the legacy of apartheid, and it was built on purpose by apartheid. And apartheid regime was able to create a mining and industrial-centric economic development, both on the back of a fairly sophisticated domestic market for the minority, and on the back of the exclusion and exploitation of the majority. The great strategic mistake of post-democratic or democratic South Africa, post-apartheid South Africa, is that that economic structure has not fundamentally been changed. 
We have this astounding situation where South Africa has the highest level of youth unemployment in the world, one of the highest level of unemployment in the world. Yet we have fairly high levels of productivity per person employed. COVID-19 has just taken 2 million jobs out of the economy. Out of a country of 60 million people, where only 10 million people were, un were employed before COVID-19, which means that our ratio of employment versus in the population is about only 15 to 17%. You cannot possibly sustain a country, an economy of this when only 15% of your population is employed. And the fundamental mistake of strategy is that democratic South Africa, the ANC, the different governments, have continuously pursued this kind of capital-intensive, endogenous growth, failing to take opportunity, as Martin has said, of the extraordinary growth that the, the world experienced in the 1990s and 2000s, and bounced back until now. We have just not done so. And we define ourselves as a resource-rich country, as a resource-rich economy. But actually, we are not. Resource-rich countries are countries where GDP derives 15 to 20 to 30 percent of its sources from resources. We are nowhere near. We are at about, on average, 4 or 5 percent of GDP over the past 10 years. And it continues to decrease. If you look at our economic structure, which is the fundamental problem we have, is that we are a hollow economy. And if you go to the report we did, you'll see a number of graphs and data that show exactly the extent of it. But so are the engines of growth in South Africa, which is industries that employ people from the agricultural sector to the mining sector, to industry and construction, to tourism and the like, have not grown. The only growth that has really taken place is in government employment. And that has been debt funded. Of all the peer countries we identified, India, the Philippines, uh, Thailand, uh, where we should be, we are going in the wrong direction where they are going in the right direction. We have very high level of debt, very high levels of consumption, very low level of manufacturing and declining. Our resource rent is not where it should be and what it used to be. And yet, this is the low-hanging fruit, mining and infrastructure. Yet, they've been undermined. Every cent that we spend in public expenditure, which is now raised through debt, is returning lower and lower growth ratios. Of all the peer countries, we are the ones that has the highest GDP public expenditure in GDP, and the one that returns the lowest growth per unit of GDP, of government expenditure in GDP. So we say in our report, the expenditure level, the infamous multiplier that the ANC and government keep on telling us about, that the more you spend public money, the more jobs you create, is broken. So we are not resource rich, we are not labor rich, and we are you know, facing a debt crisis. So the key issue is that fundamentally the paradigm of economic growth is broken. We need to change that paradigm. But the problem is that our political economic structure, if you want, conspires against our elite adopting the right economic model. And this is why we are fairly pessimistic. Because if 
MBQ achieved the best possible growth in all these years and lost power to the populace, we need to ask ourselves, what is the likelihood that in this environment of crisis, we will be able to see a significant reform without immediately followed by a populist backlash, which would be coming from the ANC's left or the ANC's right, and would get rid of all this and lead us to 10 more years of accelerated decline. This is why, you know, we say we need a fundamental new developmental pact. And that developmental pact needs to put labor, human capital at the center of growth, supported by sectors like mining because they are available and they can create rapidly jobs. But that means a fundamental change in strategy. 